Welcome back to Unarmored Talk Podcast. Thank you for supporting and listening to this amazing podcast. And don't forget, you can also watch this episode or previous episodes on my YouTube channel at Sergeant Major Mario P. Fields YouTube. Let's get ready to meet and listen to another guest who is willing to have discussions and remove their armor to help other people develop a accurate way of thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Unarmored Talk Podcast. I'm it. I am your host, Mario P. Fields. And today's amazing guest is Carl Sharperson. What's going on, my friend? Uh, it's all good in the hood. Glad to be <laughs> with you, my friend. That's what I'm talking about. Good in the hood, baby. Baby, but you know, again, thank you so much for removing your armor to help other people. And I truly appreciate it. But ladies and gentlemen, before we get into this amazing topic, just my belief. First of all, I want to thank you all, my listeners and viewers, for just supporting this, this platform for over the, almost two years now. I mean, we're, again, 584 cities as of, the, as of this morning, almost 5,000 downloads, almost 70,000 views on the Unarmored Talk playlist on YouTube. Can't do it without you guys. Our sponsor, Robert and Miriam Norris. They're not just a sponsor again for me. They've been helping me with these antioxidants and essential minerals. You guys always say, people always say, man, you look good. You're so motivated. And you look like you got the Benjamin button. You look like you're getting younger. Hey, man, you guys want to learn more. <laughs> Host at unarmoredtalk.com. Give me an email. Send it to me. I'll give you guys a secret. Or you can visit Take Charge Your Health at right at USANA. Dot com take charge your health i think it's dot you com you guys know the deal i've been telling this the last few months i've been on i've been on these self centers for a couple of months and i feel amazing i could probably do 10 episodes in one day y'all know i'm joking and third ecu health out of pitt county in greenville they have donated for the second year in a row, $1,000 to my nonprofit, Still Serving Incorporated. We are going to do our second year of skills-based events with Innovation Early College High School. Again, guys, you want to learn more about Still Serving Inc., www.stillservinginc.com. ECU Health, we love you. We appreciate the partnership. Now, let's get to Carl. Carl, please tell everybody a little bit about yourself, my friend. Well, I'm a leadership innovation strategist. I help people go from being mediocre to maximizing their potential. Simplistically, I help individuals get better. I help organizations get better. I do speaking, coaching, and I author the book. Nice, nice. Again, ladies and gentlemen, he's an author, a veteran, and, and more. You guys heard it. He helps people, hey, like Mario P. Fields, go from JV level to varsity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, that that is cool. So my understanding, my my basic understanding, that's why I like doing this podcast, where I, I learned just a little bit about you so it could be authentic when we interview. My basic understanding is one day you woke up, right, or maybe not, and you just, I want to join the military. You join the military, and then you become a pilot. Now, now I, I've done some research. Again, ladies and gentlemen, you guys, See the background, please go on his profile, check out his book. I'll have his links in the show notes. But um, you, you join the military and you become an aviator. 
I know that journey was not easy, my friend. Yeah, and it wasn't something that I dreamed. Uh, in other words, a lot of times you'll find young people, they'll say, well, I wanted to be a pilot ever since I was three years old. That never happened to me. <clears throat> I wanted to go to college. Parents didn't have a whole lot of money. Right. And uh, my dad was a World War II Marine, Muffet Point Marine. Wow. And uh, He was. And uh, I had never thought about going into the military. I was in the Boy Scouts. But uh, I got a scholarship to the Naval Academy. And... Uh, once you get there, you got to figure out what you're going to do, what's your specialty going to be. You're going Navy, you're going Marine Corps, you're going to pilot, whatever. So I said, I think I'm going to become a pilot and uh, set out to do that. Wow. And that was a Montford Point Marine. Well, was there a little pressure? You, you know, here's your son. Uh, dad's a Montford Pointer. Carl, was there any little pressure as we, we get ready to go through your journey, man? Well, it's an interesting journey because he didn't talk a whole lot about his military service until I entered the Naval Academy. And then he started talking a lot more about it because, the you know, the Muffet Point Marines, I mean, they went through some stuff. Yeah, they did. And uh, so he's got some stories. I could tell you some stories in another podcast that are really, really, really uh, flabbergasting, <laughs> to say the least. But right. there wasn't any pressure there. My dad was very proud of me. Um and so that was that was he was already supporting that. That is cool. man. Well, I, I salute your father um, and, I, and I, I, I salute you um, as you represent, you know, your dad and, and that legacy. And so here you are, the Naval Academy. Here you are, Naval Academy, tr trying to figure things out. You select the aviation package. Talk to me about that. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a, a, a slam dunk to get into the Naval Academy. So. When I graduated from high school, I was not competitive academically to go to the Naval Academy. So they mm. sent me to a preparatory school in Harlington, Texas, called Marine Military Academy. I went there for six months, learned to study for the first time. Then I entered the academy. So when I entered the academy, um, both of my roommates had uh, clipped out of two semesters of calculus and one semester of chemistry. And I'm barely getting in. Wait, wait, so that's the wait, kind of competition. wait a minute. Your, your roommates... They 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 essentially take the, a test that that, <laughs> that allows them to be done with calculus. To think, yeah, to be done with the first two semesters of calculus. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and uh, so I'm in there, and I'm basically the whole my whole year at the academy, or my whole time at the academy. I'm juggling. Okay, what do I need to do to get a C? Because you need to have a C average to graduate, right? So I'm saying. How should I spend my time? So I'm juggling. I graduated with a 2.27 GPA. I had two goals, graduate on time and not go to summer school. And I accomplished that. That is, hey, would you, would you say, hey, you, you, had, you had specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely goals. And he said, I don't care what the GPA is. I'm, I'm not going to summer school and, and I'm going to graduate on time. Wow. So I met that goal. So then I get to, um, I go into, the, I, I get select aviation and uh, they tell you the first day that the attrition rate is 66%. Tell you in ground school, one, only one out of three of you guys are going to graduate and get your wings. I look to the left. I look to the right. <laughs> Sorry, y'all not going to be here, but I'm going to be here because my coach <laughs> told me quitters never win and winners never quit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Carl, love you, man. Carl, Carl said, well, they just provided some accurate statistics. That's not even opinion. Okay. They said one in three, not going to make it. Carl said, well, sorry. Uh, nice to meet you guys. Uh, truly appreciate your service. That's right. That's right. So, I'm not one of them. And that's day one, by the way. Day one. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. So so here you are. You, you, you're choosing, right? Because it, it, it what emotions like did, did you know when they when when you started that uh you know started going through the, the you know the aviation training and they said hey only 60 66 attrition rate did you experience any nervousness any emotions anything well i had um so you know going to the academy again it wasn't an easy road so i had to be very disciplined in what i did and um I felt that if I applied myself, one of the things I said was, um, before you go on a flight, you have to do a pre-flight. And in the pre-flight, they ask you emergency procedures. They might ask you five or six different emergency procedures, right? You get new ones every time. My thing was, I'm going to know my emergency procedures cold. That's something I can control, right? So I did that. And I can remember, uh, I used to run, and I, would, I, I had these three-by-five, uh, index cards and I would write the emergency procedures on them and while I was running I would say the emergency procedures because when the instructor tells you and asks you what it is you got to know it cold so that's what I did so that's one of the things I did I spent a lot of time in the simulator studying and uh you know I applied myself and like I did at the academy you, you apply yourself you know in the, in the Marine Corps you know what's the mission you assess the situation put together a plan execute the plan that's what I did. Keep your head down long enough and hopefully things get better. <laughs> Simplify, my friend. <laughs> you see, you see, I'm laughing. And, and so, so now during, during your training, where did you train? Where'd you train at? Uh, flight school was in Pensacola, Florida. All right. Pens Pensacola, Florida. So now you're in Pensacola, Florida. The first time you got up in the sky, any thoughts on that? What happened? Well, the first time I got into to the sky, which kind of got me to uh, in, interested in aviation, it was my second year at the Naval Academy. We visited Pensacola. We had an opportunity to fly in a jet, fly in a helicopter. And I can remember when I got off the ground the first time in the helicopter, I said, ooh, this is pretty cool. I think I want to do that. So that was really my first time. Right. But um, but then when I'm, I'm behind the wheel, I'm actually in training. Uh, it's pretty neat, man. You go up there and it's... It's, uh, I mean, it's nothing like it. <laughs> that is, that is cool. That is cool. And you know, my first duty station was Pensacola, Florida. Oh, wow. It was. And that's where I got married, Pensacola, Florida. Wow. That is cool. That is cool. So now you're up. And you know what? I've never, I've never interviewed someone who's gone through flight training. I've, I've always been on the ground watching them train. You know, I knew that those were training, you know, um, you know, the airplanes. I knew there were pilots and st students training. Uh, to become aviators did, did, did you did you ever have a time during your training where there was an emergency like something happened that you were not expecting um i tell people all the time that uh no uh but um the reason <laughs> you probably spend 90 percent of your time when you're flying practicing emergency procedures got it what do you do when something goes wrong <clears throat> so that's that's really all it is. I tell people all the time, you can teach a monkey to fly. But what happens when something goes bad? You know, 
<laughs> so you're always practicing the emergency procedure. Now, I will tell you this. <clears throat> when I was in the Marine Corps, I was doing a um, flying CH-46 helicopters and doing a night practice run off of a ship. <clears throat> and mm. I got vertigo. Oh, now, vertigo wow. Is, you know, you disoriented, like I, I was out of control, right? And uh, so I gave the uh, controls to my co-pilot who landed. That was probably the closest and the scariest thing I've ever experienced. Because if the co-pilot wasn't there, I wouldn't be here. Wow. Wow. And you, and of course, that came out of nowhere. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah. Wow. Wow. So so at any time that any any close friends or relatives go, Carl, come, Carl, come here. Come here, Carl. Yeah, I know you want to be a pilot and you've always been all motivated. But but how about do something different, Carl? Not not be a pilot. Anyone you ever have that? Never had that. My parents were always supportive, um, and nobody else. Mm -mm. Never had that happen. <laughs> that that now that's impressive. That's that's impressive. Um, that that you know everyone supports you, and you know, and I'm glad you brought that up. Is because you you know the power of people choosing. It's a choice. And it goes with this podcast, you, you know, to develop a accurate way of thinking and choosing to do something for someone or yourself. And that's pretty cool to, to hear, you know, your network, right? Your network of family and friends and coaches and preachers and teachers. They all, they, some of them may have said, Carl's crazy. I believe that. Like some of them may have said, man, what the heck is he thinking? But on uh, externally, they chose to say, nope, we got you. We're going to support you. And we're here 100% of the way. That's pretty cool. Now, we'll tell you this. Um, <clears throat> when, when you happen to be in an environment where you're the only one, then you do have people that don't want you there. right? And I can tell you some stories about that. So I was the only uh, Black in my squadron. I was going to ask you that. Right? And... Uh, and I was the only black in my company at the Naval Academy, right? Um, but and that's how many, and that's how many out of roughly how many people, Carl? Like how many? Which which one? In Naval Academy, Naval Academy yeah, yeah. Naval Academy, uh, it was um, 120 in a company, and I was the only one. Uh, and each year, one additional came or something. So by the time I senior year, I think it was four or five of us in a company of 120. Right. Um, and then in the squadron, you know, you had 12 aircraft. Uh, when you deployed, you had probably 20-something. Um, but the only uh, only black pilot probably out of 30 pilots. 30 wow. Pilots. Yeah, so let's talk, about, let's, let's talk about that briefly. So how was that? It was, um, it was interesting. It was support, you know, I, I'm, I'm all, let's go back before that, okay? So, yeah, cause, yeah. Cause <laughs> some stuff happened before that that prepared me for this, mm. right? So integrating a school at the age of 14, right? I moved from Washington, D.C., where everybody looked like me, to Spotsylvania, Virginia, near South Quantico, where nobody looked like me. Not only they didn't look like me, they didn't want me there. So I got called, called names and all kinds of stuff. And I had to grit it out. But what I learned through that experience was people went from calling me names to being my friend. So I learned at a very young age, uh, I developed a mindset of it's not what you call me. It's what I answer to, as well as everybody has issues, right? And everybody wants the same thing. They yeah. want to be loved. 
they want to be respected, and they want to be successful. So I take those learnings to the Naval Academy, I take them to the Marine Corps, and I take it to corporate America because I know that, um, you know, in the inside, people want to love, you know, but they don't always show it. And if they don't show it, they got the problem. I don't have the problem. I know they got issues. I don't know what they are, but they got issues. So that's kind of how I've dealt with uh, some of the challenges that I've had over life. And they continue. <laughs> what a skill what a soft skill that's a skill we it can ain't put that soft. we can it's a <laughs> human it skill soft, but it ain't soft hey right say let, let, let's change that word to a uh, human skill that takes <laughs> lots of resilience and courage <laughs> exactly 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 <laughs> wow that and that's interesting how that experience where you chose you know right you you didn't have to you you didn't have to go down to Spotsylvania County and, and, you know, and absorb, right, some of that verbal abuse. And you you could have reacted, you know, getting fights and, and, and calling people other names. But I love how you chose, um, you made the choice to go, okay, that's your belief. Okay, that's your choice of words, <laughs> but that's not me. So I'm, I'm not going to respond um, and, and, and until, until it's an accurate word that fits me. And, and like you said, y'all became friends. Yep. And, and yep. respected through your talent and skills. That 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 is cool. So, how many years did you serve in the Marines? I did after the Naval Academy. I did five and a half years in the Marine Corps. Nice. Did, uh, two six month Mediterranean cruises. One three month Caribbean cruise. Now, I'll tell you a quick story uh, about how the, um, the, the 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 reaction that I had in high school, how it played out in the Marine Corps, right? So I'm in the Marine Corps and we're on a cruise, we're on a Caribbean cruise. I volunteered to, um, I mean, it's not like it's a luxury cruise, but we're going to the, to the Caribbean, right? We're doing exercises, right? <clears throat> so I was the only black in the squadron and I was flying with a captain. I was a first lieutenant at the time, captain, Naval Academy graduate. And we're in the ready room getting ready to get briefed, right? So I'm in the back, he's up front. He says, come up here, boy. I looked around, come up here, boy. I looked around again. I said, who you calling? Who you I ain't your boy. <laughs> so I sat back there for a little while <laughs> and then sauntered up to the front, right? But again, that was an example of, you know, right. like you said, I ain't answering to what you call, because that ain't me. Right, right. right. My name is Carl. I got respect from him <laughs> during that time period. Yeah. That, man, that is that is awesome, it, you know, and, and again, I, I, I love how, you know, you talk about how things you know, experiences in the past prepared you, uh, prepared you for future future life experiences. You know, so so now now let's real quick, if you don't mind, let's talk talk a little bit about your book. Okay, yeah. So um, the my book. I'm 69 years old. My book is from zero to 65. Oh, hold on, okay. Carl. Hold, hold on, hold on, Carl. You how? Old? I'll be 70 in January. Hold on, how young? Except. Hey man, there's hope for me, and I ain't even joke. This is not I'm gonna talk, my friend. I mean, I would have thought. I, I'm gonna get back on topic. I would have. I would have thought. I'm not gonna lie. I would have thought you were about fifty, man. Maybe, maybe. Okay, fifty-four. Hold. I had a doctor. I had a VA doctor one time. I went in and he looked at my age and he said he called his secretary at uh, nursing nurse. How do you think he is? How do you think he is? I'm so I didn't mean to interrupt you, man, but good. Hey, congratulations. Happy early birthday. 
And you look, hey, if you're listening to this uh, episode, ladies and gentlemen, get on my YouTube channel, Sar Major Mario P. Fields YouTube, go on the Unarmored Talk podcast playlist. You got to take a look at Carl. He does not look like he's about to turn 70 years young. And I got some pills I can sell you too. Hey, I might have to. I might, I might have to email you too, man. I, hey, I'm all about. I'm all about collaborating and leveraging resources in a holistic <laughs> approach to, to looking like Carl Sharperson. But go, go, go ahead, man. <laughs> <laughs> so my book, wow, zero to sixty-five. Uh, so again, it talks about growing up, integrating the school. I'm the grandson of a Virginia tobacco sharecropper, right? My mother's dad, let me tell you another quick story too. I out until 15 years ago, my mother's granddaddy or my granddaddy, my great granddaddy was the governor of Virginia, wow. secretary of the Navy of Virginia, right? Uh, and a senator. Wow. You know, that during is- that time period, he had his family. And then there was another family on the side, which was my family. I didn't find that out until 15 years ago when my 82-year-old uncle told me that he used to go to the governor's house when he was a little boy. That's impressive. Um, yep. So off topic. So anyway, so I'm a grandson of Virginia tobacco sharecropper, okay? Um, and my parents were the foundation. It always starts with the foundation. They always encouraged me. Yeah. They never used the word can't. They always say we'll figure it out. My mother had an eighth grade education. She left home at 16, mm. moved to Washington, D.C., and did houses for rich people. Uh, my dad was in the Marine Corps. Uh, and uh, so he talked about that, the foundation. It talks about integrating the school. It talks about playing football. My high school coach was the third most influential person in my life. He's the one that sent a recruiter to my high school to recruit me to play football at the Naval Academy. Yeah. I didn't know what the Naval Academy was, and it was only 90 miles up the road. Primarily because there weren't a whole lot of people that looked like me going to the right. Naval Academy. Wasn't too in- integrated at the time. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So um, Academy, Marine Corps, talks about the trials and tribulations there, flight school, three Fortune 500 companies, Procter & Gamble, Frito-Lay, Colgate, Palmolive, moved to South Carolina in 99, started up my own business. Uh, and uh, 12 years ago, diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which mm. is a type of cancer. Muffle Point, uh, not Muffle Point, but uh, contaminated water, Camp Lejeune, okay? Oh and uh, in 83, I had a brain tumor removed. So all that's in there. And uh, it resonates with a lot of people. 10-year-old, 99-year-old great-great-grandmother, veterans, CEOs, athletes. It's for everybody. Yeah, well, Carl, Sharp, I'll be, leadership, I, sharp I will. leadership, overcome adversity to lead with authenticity. And it's different than any other leadership book because – in my book, I talk about this was a situation, this is what I did, and this is what the result was. So it's very easy to follow. No, and you know, I, I professionally and personally like it because it fits right in Unarmored Talks discussion framework. Real life experiences, real life decisions, it's a choice and you can improve the outcome. I would definitely be getting my copy soon. I will be doing a post on LinkedIn to show everybody and we will definitely have that link not only in the show notes again, ladies and gentlemen, but you guys, all, all the followers who follow me, you guys will see a post. Thank you, Carl. Looking back, looking back on that journey from from 14-year-old, you know, from, you know, when you first start experiencing some very uncomfortable 
un, you know, right, atypical real life experiences to now, if you had to leave the listeners and viewers with one tip, what would it be? Well, this is something that my high school coach told me when I was in the ninth grade, which has probably served me better than anything else that's ever served me. So in the ninth grade, I went off for football. I never played tackle football before, right? And we got our pads. So again, this is integrating the school. We get our pads. The coach says, um, you got your pads today. If you don't want to play, turn them in. No harm, no foul. <clears throat> but if you come back tomorrow, I need you to stay until the end of the season because quitters never win and winners never quit. He said, if you quit my football team, you might quit school. You quit school and get married, you might quit your wife. You have kids, you might quit your kids because once you quit the first time, it's easy to quit the next time. So I developed a mindset at a very young age that I would never quit. That is awesome, ladies and gentlemen. Never quit. It is a choice. It is a choice. It is definitely something you can choose to do and not do. And you guys are looking at a great example. At almost 70 years young, who has never quit. He flew in the Marine Corps, CH-46, by the way. I rode yes, in that sir. thing a lot. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and on the Mediterranean cruise, which we know, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not in the military, I know I got a diverse audience. It is definitely not a cruise. <laughs> Deployment. <laughs> I, I am so honored, and I've enjoyed you being on Unarmored Talk Podcast, Carl. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for having me. No, my pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, get on LinkedIn and follow Carl Sharperson. Again, look at the show yeah. notes. There we go. We'll, and we'll have the links in the show notes. Get his book. Buy his book. Join me. Let's get some copies circulating so we can continue to help people develop a accurate way of thinking, responding to real life situations and not reacting. <laughs> unless situation calls for it. But hey, <laughs> until next time, you guys be safe. See you guys in about two more weeks and God bless you all. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode that uh, was amazing. Don't forget, if you want to learn more about what I'm doing when it comes to minerals and vitamins and the holistic approach to good health, email me at host at unarmoredtalk.com to learn more or you can visit the sponsor's website at takechargeyourhealth.usana.com again robert and miriam norris wonderful people and they are doing great things to help us feel healthier we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks be safe <laughs>